You are listening to To The Top Talk with Jamie Arrington. Thank you, Jamie. Southern Miss Black Ops tailgate legend, Jason Bailey. Bump is uh, pretty good. Andy Wizard of Whiskey himself, Mr. Shanglock. But the reality is... They don't know, man! I've been looking forward to To The Top Talk. You know, I have that with myself every night. Look, for all you listen today, I'm not an idiot. What's going on? What's happening? How you guys doing? Welcome to To The Top Talk presented by BetUS. Here with your break from the high resource five propaganda to talk about the University of Southern Mississippi Golden Eagles. Life is back on sports betters, and BetUS has your NCAA, NBA, NHL, UFC, and PGA betting lines up for their 27th year and live betting on all of it. Log into BETUS.com or call 800-792-3887. That's 800-79-BETUS. BetUS for 125% bonuses with our promo code TTTT. 125. That's TTTT125. Customer service pros are ready to get your phone, social, and online sports betting kickoff started now. Play with the proven mainstay in the industry, BetUS. You bet you win, you get paid. BetUS.com. Joining me now, Southern Miss Black Ops tailgate legend, Jason Bailey. Greetings and salutations, boys. Happy Mardi Gras. Um, we picked a heck of a day to uh, not record on Monday <laughs> with the news we got this morning, so... Ready to get into it. And the Wizard of Whiskey, Shane Lott. News this morning. Did something happen today? <laughs> we bit. are about to find out. We are about I've to been find busy. out. I've been busy making travel arrangements for our 2022 Conference USA football schedule. Well, um, we'll see what happens. We'll see what happens with that. Maybe we can go 20 and 0 this year. We'll see. We've got a lot, <laughs> a lot there. We're going to have to stagger those kickoff times. So I don't, I don't remember if we talked about this on the show last week or not. Um, the, my ventures to the Pete on Tuesday night kind of fogged my brain up. So I can't remember if we were able to discuss the Marshall, uh, lawsuit. So Marshall filed lawsuit against Conference USA and, uh, I guess it was upheld. I don't know much about legal stuff, but it it was ruled in Marshall's favor. So we'll just roll with that. And um, so Marshall, trying to get out of Conference USA, takes it to court. Conference USA, in Conference USA fashion, um, sends out a, a statement that's, you know, just a screenshot. They can't even they don't even fit the entire Conference USA logo in the screenshot, um, basically saying I think it says basically that we respect their decision, but we don't know what we're doing. And <laughs> so Southern Miss follows suit as of yesterday. And um, also, again, getting the courts involved um, in an attempt to leave the conference. Uh, the local court withholds it, and thus we get to today. I know I just kind of gave you a really, really poor Cliff Notes version of the past week in regards to the Sunbelt and Conference USA, but it all comes to a head today. As the Sun Belt releases their football schedule. So now we have the 2022, the official 2022 schedule as the Golden Eagles are now in the Sun Belt as of July 1st, 2022. So we've got that, that football schedule out now. We'll go through that. This is a very interesting schedule. Um, there's some games that I'm excited to see are on the schedule. There's some games that I'm excited to see when they're going to be on the schedule. So we'll go through the non-conference games first. So the first game, September 3rd against Liberty. Hugh Freeze coming back to his alma mater here in Hattiesburg. Um, September 3rd at the Rock, that's going to be a big game. Then we're on the road at Miami at the Hurricanes. Been been waiting for that game for a long time, so excited about that to see the Golden Eagles uh, take on the Hurricanes. And then back home, September 17th against Northwestern State, the Demon Deacons. Played them a few times in the past, so we're taking them on again. From Where are they from again? Can somebody pronounce that? Natchitoches. Natchitoches. Natchitoches, Louisiana. Natchitoches, bringing some meat pies with them. And then closing out the non-conference schedule, September 24th against the Tulane Green Wave in New Orleans, Louisiana. So there you have the non-conference schedule. Um, I am... I mean, I think the, there's going to be a lot of excitement around that Liberty game. I'm excited about the Miami game. I'm not going to be able to make it to that game because of a, a, a work commitment. 
but I am excited to be going back to New Orleans to take on the Tulane Green Wave. So um, we knew the non-conference schedule. We knew what it was going to look like. We now have it official. It is now out and about. So uh, I think that's a great start for, for this 2022 Golden Eagle football team. I haven't looked, uh, been looking uh, forward to a, a season or a, uh, a schedule release uh, more than more than I did today in quite a long time. Uh, and when it came out, man, it was almost like Christmas morning. Um, you mentioned those non-con games, and it's obvious we're going to go to New Orleans. You know, nobody in Hattiesburg ever ever uh, misses a trip to New Orleans, I don't think. Um, but the Miami thing, that would be really cool. Uh, I'm not sure if I can make like every single solitary game on the schedule, <laughs> but it's nice that as you get into this conference site that we're, we're going to see that we can drive to a heck of a lot of them. Nine. Nine mm-hmm. of them. Nine mm-hmm. of them are easily drivable. Um, I mean, we've been waiting for this day for a while just to see if the schedule was going to come to fruition at all. But now that it's here, I don't see how anybody can look at it and be upset. Uh, I mean, we've got games against teams that our fans know of and, and care about. We play Arkansas State. We've got uh, Louisiana, uh, and I'm thinking the asterisks on the schedule uh, by Louisiana's name is to designate that they are the school in Lafayette. I'm um, not 100% no. sure there. No, it's Lafayette. They're in Lafayette. Okay, in Lafayette, Louisiana. Oh, man, yeah. that's even better. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm, I think I'm going to stick with that. Uh, but uh, Catherine and I were actually talking today because we're, we'll, you know, we try to make at least one uh, football game a fall. And it's looking like we're going to aim for that Thursday night Louisiana game. Uh, you know, should be on ESPN2 probably. Um, should be uh, a great atmosphere in the rock uh, with, with a team that our fans care about playing again. I know I've said that once already, but. Uh, I mean, you got Arkansas State, Louisiana, South Alabama uh, on the home schedule, as well as Liberty. Uh, and, you know, not that Georgia State should be skipped over. Uh, they should be a fun team to play as well. But uh, just a lot of schools that that should have people excited. So I'm looking forward to seeing what season tickets look like this year, because for, for years people have been like, if we can just get out of this crap hole of a conference, I'd buy season tickets. If we played teams that I cared about, well, now's time for those people that have been loudly complaining to pony up and purchase some season tickets because it's a really fun looking schedule. So we've got to buy after the non-conference games, uh, October the 1st. Then we are back on the road again at Troy on October 8th, back a home on October 15th against Arkansas State, then on the road at Texas State. That was one of those games that you probably can't drive to unless you're really ambitious. Then uh, five days later, back home, taking on the Louisiana Lafayette Raging Cajuns in Hattiesburg on Thursday night football. So this is the first time we've had a Thursday night game in, in quite – well, that game against um, FAU last year, I think it got moved to a Thursday night game. Um, yeah, I think it got moved to a Thursday night game so they could broadcast it on the closed television system uh, in a, like, discount shopping chain somewhere in the Midwest. <laughs> so, So after that Thursday night game – We'll be back at home against Georgia State, then on the road at Coastal Carolina. So that's going to be a fun one. Then back home for the the last home game of the season against South Alabama. Fingers crossed in that one. Not not faring well as of late. And then we are on the road for the final game of the year at Louisiana Monroe. So there you have it. There's a lot of games you can travel to. There's a lot of games that the opposing fans can travel to and come to Hattiesburg. So it, it's looking like a more, definitely a more exciting environment as we get into Sunbelt play. I well, like it's the way be- it's, it's, it's broken up, you know, with, with the home game, the away game, the home game. And then we got two aways and that's when we really get into the, the good weather, right? Uh, those, those games at the beginning of the year are always so hot. <clears throat> so, you know, it's, it's, I just like the way it's set up. And I didn't realize that the game versus, Louisiana Lafayette was on a Thursday until our good buddy Luke uh, Johnson sent me a text and he was like, man, how cool is it going to be the Thursday night game, probably on ESPN, ESPN to the weekend of Halloween. I mean, that's, that's just, I I, I can't imagine, you know, how cool that's going to be. I'm already, (laughs) I'm already trying to figure out what kind of costumes we're going to see floating around the rock that night. Um, 
And also, uh, if you're a working person out there, you go ahead and get that uh, that 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 day that you need to ask off for on the Friday uh, in the hopper, because uh, <laughs> I don't think you're going to get much productivity out of me on that Friday. I don't know who you're talking to. Our listener base is exclusively independently wealthy, early retired people. So uh, <laughs> none of them have jobs to go to on, on the following Friday. We'll see how Conference USA decides to fight this, but it doesn't look very promising for them as of this moment. So it sounds like they're going to start whipping people with wet noodles. Uh, that's their net next approach. Trying to run yeah. them down with Tonka trucks. And on that note, man, I, I still just struggle to understand why Conference USA wouldn't at least hear us out on leaving early, right? Um, I just don't get it. I don't know. It sounds like Marshall and Southern Miss and probably Old Dominion tried their damnedest just to get them to talk to us for, you know, months on months. They didn't do it, so finally we just, you know, we're out. I guess it puts them in a scheduling quagmire. I guess they, you know. But I think that's why we were trying to. It really, look, we, 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 we're trying to do right here. Uh, we don't want to leave yeah. everybody hanging. Uh, let's let's get together. Let's see what we can do. See if we can get some of these games that are on the schedule as non-conference. And I think it just, I, I, from what I understand, there was just wasn't a lot of dialogue back and forth. It was just dialogue, you know, from us to them. So, anyway. That's a I'm monologue. So glad we're out of this damn thing, man. That is, yeah, that is a monologue. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, before we move on from from this, uh, I, I do want to touch on one thing that Jamie said, and he said uh, these schools are close enough for their fans to travel. Well, the very important thing about that is that these schools have fans. Ooh. They have people that care Definitely. what goes on with their football programs, and that's going to make a big difference. Uh, you know, right out the gate, it's going to be nice to play teams that uh, have more than a uh, half dozen people in the stadium. We took on a Sun Belt opponent in baseball last Tuesday night, February the twenty-second, at the Pete. Jason, why don't you update us on? The ins and outs of Southern Miss baseball this week. So the baseball. Um, well, you and I were at that game, right? Yeah. Um, well, tell me what you think about that game. Tell me it was your it was your first time back at the Pete in quite a while. What do you think about that game? You know, it was the first time I think we've been able to um, use the lights, so that was kind of cool. We're getting to see that for the first time. Yeah. Um, as far as like the baseball team itself, like. I have listened to most of the games or watched them on whatever um, ad aluminum foil antenna they transmit it from on Commerce USA TV. No doubt. Um, They're I'm, about to all be on ESPN Plus, though, at least the home games. Yes, which is really terrific. I'm a little concerned about the hitting right now. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, in this game, well, of course, I mean, you were there. Uh, and, and we lost again, <laughs> South Alabama. Uh, can't, just can't crack the code. Well, these guys, I don't know what I don't know what happened, but I don't know if you can fully blame it on the hitting. We had five errors that night. Um, oh yeah, and 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 so, but I, I guess it's kind of a silver lining that you can make five errors, you can get out hit thirteen to seven, and still probably should have won the game, you know. So, uh, uh, just to get a quick rundown of it: down four to nothing in the fourth. Reese Ewing hit a bomb. We got our first look at the light show you talked about. It was awesome. Uh, I, I think I was celebrating through about thirty seconds of it. Then got like three seconds of a video. <laughs> we tweeted it out. Um, score uh, South scored again in the eighth inning to go up five to two. With Southern Miss would tie it up on a rocket shot off the bat of Christopher Sargent over the scoreboard. Three run shot. We got another amazing light show. Uh, that thing even got some national run I saw on uh, Twitter, so that was very cool. Um, Patrick, our good buddy Patrick Lowry actually got a really good shot of this one. You could see the ball leaving the bat from Sarge. It was great. We tweeted. I think to, I think to the top talk tweeted that one out. Um, I don't know. Both teams used a bunch of pitchers, um, and, and it, I really thought tonight or that night was going to be the night, but it just was not was not to be. The curse is not going to last forever. At some point, the tide will turn. But South Alabama still has our number, and we lost the game six to five. You know, one thing I'll say about that game, and I guess uh, you know another loss is you know there was there's a couple of chances there to win it. I mean, I know we were in extra innings, but you know. I think this is twice this week we've had runners um, on third with one out and and not been able to get them home. I mean, and that's baseball. That's that's part of it. But it is 
it is a little concerning that we weren't able to, you know, get a fly ball up to the point to where we could, you know, get some runs in um, or a run in. In that case, that would have won the game. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, and you gotta gotta tip your head a little bit, South Alabama. I mean, the, the guy second baseman made a great play. Um, Absolutely, we struck out. You know, we didn't pop up on the infield. Um, in that situation, you know, you, you try to hit the top half, put the ball in play, and normally good things work out, especially from the left side. And uh, and unfortunately, they just made me one hell of a play and then came back and won it. So I really hate admitting that we have to tip our cap to South Alabama so much, but damn it, they just, you know, they, just, they don't really do anything remarkable. They just do all the little stuff just right you well, know, they, against they, us anyways. They did on that night, yeah, I was <laughs> yeah, about to say, yeah. Us. Right against us, they did. Uh, but it was a, it was great, a, a great atmosphere at the Pete. You can definitely tell that people are excited to be out. You can tell. I mean, mm-hmm. the stands look a little more full for Southern Miss baseball this year. That's really awesome. And I, I know their ticket sales are higher, and that's the ticket sales, and everybody shows up for every game. But you can definitely tell there are more butts in the seats, and mm-hmm. um, it's really a great atmosphere back at the Pete. So that takes us to um, our Conference USA opener on Friday night against Jacksonville State. Yeah, so we go uh, two and one on the weekend. We lost that Sunday game. Uh, I went to the Friday and the Saturday games. Uh, Sunday was just miserable, and so, so I stayed it's on the your couch. Fault. Yeah, pretty much, pretty much. Um, but we did. We won game one, four to three. Uh, we out hit Jacksonville uh, nine to four. They made three errors. We made none. So it was kind of cool to see us. Uh, rebound and not make any errors in this game. Etheridge got the start. Stewart got the W. Stewart went four innings pitch, one hit, zero runs, one walk, and three Ks. He's looking like that guy that can come in in the long relief, mm, um, kind of like Ryan Ock did all of last year. The game was scoreless through four. Then Jackson State scored. Or Jacksonville State scored three. Southern Miss got one in the bottom half on a sack fly by Lynch. Still three to one in the bottom of the eighth. McGillis hit a triple. That scored Wilkes and Ewing. Tie game, bottom nine. Dickerson walked. Lynch sacked him over. Sarge with an infield single. Ewing intentionally walked um, to get to Slade Wilkes, and the Pete Taylor Park magic was back. Uh, first pitch, oppo, laser, pass the left fielder, ball game. It was really cool. You know, we did the whole running out there and tackling Wilkes thing, but – um, Slade is, is kind of latched onto that opposite field hitting as of late. And, um, he's a guy that, that, uh, you know, don't let him get hot because, uh, if you do, he can do some serious damage out there. So it was nice to get that first, uh, that first win, um, on Friday. I'll be, you know, it was a hard fought game, but it was nice to, nice to get a win. No doubt. Game two, won the game five to one. This was a quick game. Uh, Riggins got the start. He throws a ton of strikes. Looked good. Five innings pitch, one run, four Ks. Uh, he got the win. Harper threw the remaining uh, four innings and got the save. Landon Harper. Slade Wilkes again had himself a day, three for four, two RBIs. Carson Pato hit his first home run and looks to be the starting right fielder. Uh, so he's a good. He's a uh, really good player. And um, it was nice to kind of serenade him as he came back in out in the right field, and everybody was standing up in the roost and giving him a hand. And he had a big smile on his face after hitting his uh, first home run as a Golden Eagle, so that was really cool. Moving on to game three, lost this game five to three. You can't win them all. Um, uh, it had zero arrows yet again, so that was pretty cool. Um, USM actually had a three nothing lead through five innings and a three one lead through six innings. Jacksonville scored three in the seventh and one in the ninth. And Southern Miss just could not push another one across. Uh, Waldrop looked great again. He's the starting pitcher that throws 1,000 miles per hour. Uh, he went five innings, pitched three hits, zero runs, seven Ks. And nobody really looked bad. Uh, Chandler Best did take the loss, but he threw one inning, two hits, one run, and two Ks. So he was still effective. Um, Sutter Miss struck out 15 Gamecocks, only walked four and made zero errors. I'll take my chances with those stats all year long. And, um, and then coming up, we got Mississippi State and Pearl on Wednesday, March the 2nd at Trustmark Park. And that big one that we already talked about, I think, uh, with the Raging Cajuns, uh, March 4th through the 6th and Lafayette. Yep. Take them. We've got them here, uh, at Laf- at Lafayette, um, mm-hmm. as the kids like to call it. And then... If we didn't have enough fun this past week, we're going to be back at the Pete a week from tonight, taking on the South Alabama Jaguars. 
at 6 p.m. <laughs> so I guess we'll be recording Monday night, perhaps. We'll see. Um, but yeah, so Southern Miss baseball got a full, a full week of action there ahead. So it should be, it should be a good time. Should be a good time. I will say that about the, the Sunday's game, you know, these things happen. Yeah. Pitchers come in, you know, hits are going to happen as part of it. But, um, you know, Waltrip threw another really solid game and it was disappointing sure. to see, um, it not hold up and, and translate into a win for him. But hey, that's part of it. That's part of being a, a starter and, and obviously they're limiting him in, on his pitch counts, right? Uh, yeah. I don't think he's touched. I don't think he's thrown over 84 pitches yet. Either one of his starts. That's what you want him to do. Um, he's losing a little bit of miles per hour towards the end of his stint, but you know, uh, that's just expected. You want to build these guys up all the way towards the end. The one thing that we haven't talked about with baseball yet, uh, is, is, is that we, we, we lost Black Johnson, right? Yeah. Blake Johnson, we call him Blake Johnson. So um, he's going to be out. The reports I've seen are six to eight weeks. I've tried to find out a little bit more. I think it's a broken hand. Um, that's not great. And I was trying to think, is, is it rather is, – it's probably from catching Waldrop. Damn it. <laughs> Don't say damn fast. <laughs> well, it happened so, Friday night. So oh, it did it? Okay. So, so it did happen on Friday. Okay. Did he get hit with a pitch? Do you know what I'm happened? I'm not sure. No, I, okay. I don't. I just uh, I saw somebody say that it, the injury occurred Friday night. I'm not sure might have... if you would rather have it be your left hand or your right hand. I'm. I don't know if it's being a catcher, it's not good either way. But the dude, uh, the, the 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 really bad thing about it is he's a super good player and he's on fire. Yeah. Um. So so that's you know not that Rodrigo can't do it, but I mean to my knowledge that's the only two catchers that we have on the team. So outside of that, I think you're looking at probably Sarge, you know, Sarge caught in junior college, I think. Um, I mean, I'm trying to think back to Mr. Rick's episode. Uh, I think he said maybe Danny Lynch and, and could possibly uh, be an emergency guy. Not that and, we will need an emergency guy, but. And maybe Sergeant. Sarge, yeah. 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 So, you know, I don't know. It's, it's something to look uh, look out for uh, moving forward for sure, and you know it, it's it's not a season-ending thing, but we don't want this to start go the going the way of the quarterbacks did this year, and all of a sudden <laughs> you're looking out there and you you have no idea who's playing anywhere, and so something well, to keep an eye on, and hopefully Blake comes back uh, sooner rather than later. What complicates things with baseball is you can't just skip a position. Like you can't just not put a catcher out there. That's that's just going to be disaster. Yeah, you could. I mean, yeah, you could. But yeah, you're right. It is the most important position out there. All those years of playing baseball after uh, college was over. That's the, that's the hardest thing. Number one, you got to have a dude that wants to get back there and do it. Number two, that dude's got to have like equipment and stuff. And so we were always blessed to have guys like and, like, like, like your boy Jamie Ferris, Shane. Jamie played with us for quite a while. Um, I think it's important to have two functional knees at that point in time to be a catcher, too. And I don't think a lot of you old washed-up bastards had those. We did not. My friend was also one of those. Your boy Brad Wilcutt was one of those. But anyway, it's it's a position you, you hate to see go down, especially this early in the season. But at least uh, he's going to have plenty of time to come back and, um, and and get back in there. I was a hell of a catcher in softball. <laughs> none, of, none of them made it past me, dude. Never had a pass ball at all. You're like, I got it. I got it. I got it. <laughs> all right. So, uh, yeah. So the Southern Miss next game is tomorrow night against Mississippi Starkville in Pearl. God bless you, anybody that decides to be around those people. All right. Let's take a break to give a shout out to our sponsor, Bet with the three decade leader, Bet US. Join now with a 125% bonus by using promo code TTTT125 or a 200% bonus with crypto by using our promo code TTTT200. Bet sports, casino, horses, pop culture, and more at BETUS.com. You bet you win, you get paid. Bet US. So we mentioned that, um, you know, spring football practice is in full swing. The spring game will be on Saturday, April the 2nd. We also touched last week on USFL news and with the first pick in the first round for the New Orleans Breakers and Larry Fedora, 
Ironically, they selected former Southern Miss quarterback, Southern Miss quarterback slash wide receiver Kyle Sloter, who transferred to, I believe, Northern Colorado. Uh, so he is listed as Northern Colorado on the roster there, but he, Kyle Sloter never played for Larry Fedora, despite what a tweet from the New Orleans media said, but he will be playing for Larry Fedora now in Birmingham this fall. So congratulations to him. That is definitely an, an interesting storyline for Golden Eagle fans. And later in the draft, uh, former Golden Eagle tight end Julian Allen was drafted by the Houston Gamblers. So congratulations to Julian Allen, fr- fresh off of his reality uh, TV show adventure. And now he's uh, he's back playing in the USFL. So congratulations to him on that. Yeah, I also saw something about the USFL today, uh, and um, uh, maybe I hallucinated this, but uh, I believe the former owners of the USFL teams have gotten together and sued this league uh, to try to put an end to them being able to use the name USFL and the name of the former USFL teams. So I just assumed it was like a reboot, but evidently this group came together and we're just like, uh, we're going to start this league and we're going to use the old USFL name and a bunch of their old team names. And uh, so it'll be interesting to see how that plays out too. There's, there's always some drama with the new startup football leagues. It seems. Yeah. Well, hopefully this one's good. I, I would like to have more football to watch. Absolutely. And have a team right, you know, right here in New Orleans. It'd be awesome. And Larry Fedora. Angel, you so, know, so awesome. a league that went bankrupt is suing another league for trying to use the same name as that league. Well, yeah. the owners are trying to sue. It's my understanding, right, Shane? Yeah. Yeah. The, the former team owners are suing so they can't use that name or their team names. Weird. Weird, Are they headquartered yes, in Dallas, too? <laughs> Somebody make well, sure that it wasn't Judy's burner Twitter account that uh, started that lawsuit. I'm going to say no because they haven't lost the lawsuit yet. That's true. It would have been a swift <laughs> turnaround. We also had yeah, some – Speaking of those lawsuits, I know we, we kind of touched on that in the beginning, but I did just kind of have an epiphany and – uh, Forest County Court granted Southern Miss a uh, injunction until the 7th of March, which will be next week. But Old Dominion and Marshall got like twice as long. So uh, hopefully that doesn't come back and bite us in the butt. <laughs> We're the only one not playing Sunbelt football this week because Forest County Courts made a, made a paperwork mistake. Yeah, so- that's what I wanted to say. Hey, oh, quick exciting. shout out to the uh, to, to, to our guy over at Cloverleaf Mall also for that tweet that he put out about was it the Forest County Courthouse with the Courthouse of the Week <laughs> Courthouse of the Week in Conference <laughs> USA yeah Cloverleaf Mall is 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 brilliant love, uh, love he's the, hilarious the man. yeah we also had some basketball action this week and uh, mm. had a close call there for the Golden Eagles really you know definitely undermanned uh, they, they came to fight <clears> in that Saturday game Jason uh, give us an update on Southern Miss basketball for the week. Basketball, 12 losses in a row. Uh, lost 85 to 61 in North Texas, 77 to 72 to Rice. Both games were away. This is that weird, uh, that weird Texas trip that we make. Um, North Texas is really good. Yeah. I mean, they might be the best team in the league. Uh, There's no white too bad. Yeah. And, and we had, you know, what Pierre Stevenson, Arnold all out. Napper playing with an eye patch. Um, we did have three guys in double figures, Napper 17, Moore 14, Bolden 11. Napper must be better with the eye patch. I don't know. I'm saying keep the eye patch. Maybe maybe the eye patch for Napper is like the mask for Neil Watson. I don't know. Yeah, fear the mask. Um, you know, uh, we're down 20 points at halftime of this game, played our absolute ass off in the second. We scored 42 points in the second half. Not enough, another loss. Um, you know, what do you say? Um, went down the road a few hours to Houston, played Rice on that Saturday, and we just played so freaking hard, man. Jamie mentioned that, that, that how hard we played and just had a heartbreaking loss yet again. We actually led this game by four at the half. These guys are just not quitting. Went to overtime. Um, done that a few times this year as well. Lost again, but just, a, I don't know, man. 
<laughs> it's getting hard to do this, but another damn fine effort by these guys. Uh, Napper with one eye scored a career high 29 points. Moore had 17. Bolden had 15. Sutter Miss now 6-23, and 1-15 in the conference. Next up at Reed Green Coliseum, UAB on Wednesday, March the 2nd. That's tomorrow. And Charlotte on Saturday, March the 5th. What do you say? All right, so you got to make a decision. Are you going to stay in Hattiesburg and watch Southern Miss take on UAB, or are you going to go watch them, the baseball team play Mississippi Startville in Pearl? So interesting. Uh, I have to go to church. Fans. There you go. Well, Ash Wednesday, bro. There you go. There you go. All right. So that brings us to the Shane portion of the show. Shane, give us an update on women's basketball. For the next two hours, we'll uh, have a long discussion. <laughs> uh, it's actually, you don't have to listen to me talk as long as you normally do this week. We had a couple of sports that were off, but uh, we'll start with women's basketball. Thursday, February 24th, their game against North Texas for first in Conference USA West was canceled due to North Texas travel issues. That really kind of puts the Lady Eagles in a bind. Uh, and the big question there is, our men were able to travel to North Texas at the same time. Mm-hmm. Why weren't North Texas's women able to travel to Hattiesburg? Um, so, yeah, we'll see. Um, it's kind of shysty, uh, but Conference USA does Conference USA things. Glad we will be in the Sun Belt in a few months. Uh, then the next game for the ladies uh, actually took place. Uh, Saturday, February 26th versus Rice was actually a 51 to 46 loss for the Lady Eagles. It was senior day. Uh, last home game for Deja Almond, Kelsey Jones, Destiny Smith, and Fess Hawkins. Uh, Almond was your high scorer with 11 points, and Malia Grayson was the only other Eagle in double digits with 10. The Lady Eagles just really struggled to get points on the board in this game. Uh, ladies held to a three-point advantage, or held a three-point advantage going into the fourth quarter, but just could not hang on as Rice took a lead with a minute 12 remaining. I can't speak tonight, and never relinquished. Uh, so now, after dropping that game to Rice, the Lady Eagles are now tied for second in the West with North Texas. Nine and seven, Louisiana Tech is in first. The Lady Eagles currently stand at 16 and 10 overall, eight and seven in Conference USA play. Got two regular season games left on the road before Conference USA tournament. Thursday, March 3rd at UAB. Uh, UAB is 15 and 12, eight and eight in conference. Should be a really good game. And then Saturday, March 5th at Charlotte. Charlotte sits at 18 and eight overall and 14 and two in Conference USA. So the Lady Eagles are definitely going to have their work cut out for them as they make a trip up to the Queen City in North Carolina. Next sport on the docket. Softball was in action, hosting another tournament. Seems like that's what they do every weekend. Uh, This was the Hub City Challenge. Uh, Unfortunately, participant Southern Illinois University Edwardsville canceled and did not participate, which saddened cougars that identify as beavers across the country. (laughs) Uh, Friday, February 25th, kicked off the tournament. The Lady Eagles did so with a 4-2 win over Alcorn State. Junior Morgan Linestock had 13 strikeouts, which is the second most of her career in her complete game victory. It's the fifth straight win for the Eagles and the 20th straight win over Alcorn. The next game in the tournament was Saturday, February 26th. That was a 7-2 to win over Evansville. Morgan Linestock picked up her sixth win of the season with another complete game while striking out eight. Tata Davis had a hit in all four at-bats, recording a double, three RBIs, and two runs scored. Destiny Brown stole two bases to move her total on her career to 93. Second game Saturday was the second win of the tournament over Alcorn with a 5-2 win, 21st consecutive victory over Alcorn, and was the Lady Eagles' seventh win in a row. Uh, Jana Lee got the complete game win in the circle for the Lady Eagles in that one. And then the final game of the tournament was a 1-3 loss Sunday, February 27th against Evansville. Destiny Brown added two more steals to move to 95 on the career while being walked in all four plate appearances in that game. That's quite an accomplishment. Uh, Evansville scored two in the top of the seventh to seal the win. Uh, next up for the Lady Eagles, Wednesday, March the 2nd, they take a trip down to Gainesville, Florida to face the Lady Gators. 
And then this weekend, they will be in the Flow Softball Tournament in Madeira Beach, Florida. Friday, March the 4th, they'll face Central Michigan at 10 a.m. and then Radford at 3. Saturday the 5th, Omaha at 10 a.m. and then Georgia Southern at 3. Sunday, uh, March the 6th, they face Albany at bright and early at 8 a.m. What a wonderful time to get up and play collegiate athletics at 8 o'clock in the morning. Um <laughs> Yeah, uh, so there's a bunch of teams in that tournament, though. It's got to be done. Uh, and it, I was going to say that uh, the, the game against Ole Miss from last week that was rescheduled for Tuesday, uh, March the 8th, just in case we did a, a Tuesday episode next week, has been rescheduled. So if, if we do talk to you on Monday, I'll tell you about this again. But if we don't record until Tuesday again, uh, the Lady Eagles will be back at Ole Miss. Women's golf wrapped up the Chafuncta Invitational at the Chafuncta Country Club in Mobile, Alabama, finishing second out of nine teams. I really just talked about this so I could say Chafuncta a couple more times. <laughs> I wish every tournament was hosted at the Chafuncta Country Club, but alas, it will not be. This was the best team finish in almost five years for the Lady Eagles. Previous best was a third-place finish. They shot a 294 final round to move up to second past Incarnate Word, besting the 296 they shot in the first round, which was good enough to put them in first place after the tournament. So uh, everybody kind of picked up their game over the, the course of the tournament. Junior friend Champtak Daka, Champ. Chump, Daka. I, I think I'm getting better at that. Probably not. Shot Chomp. a team low. Yeah, Chomp. Well, I mean, friend is good enough. Mm-hmm. Uh, junior team member friend. Shot a team low 70 in the last round to tie for seventh, which was one off of her career low score. Sophomore, sophomore merch. I'm going to take a sip of whiskey and pause my tongue for a second. Sophomore. Merche Corbaccio also finished tied for second, seventh, which is the best of her career. Uh, I normally only say the the low finisher here, but the Lady Eagles did so well finishing second out of nine teams that all five players finished in the top 40. So uh, freshman Alina Milik finished 21st, freshman J.C. Fields finished tied for 36th, and sophomore Icy Cockerham, which uh, gets my vote for name of the century, finished <laughs> tied for 40th. I'm, I'm, I'm going to petition the court and try to change my daughter's name to Icy Cockerham. Icy. Yeah. How do you spell so, Icy? Uh, I-C-I-E. Icy Cockerham. Icy Cockerham. It's a great name. It is. It's a fantastic name, um, which I'm probably mispronouncing somehow. Uh, so the Lady Eagles do not have uh, another match next week. They are off until February uh, February 18th. That that that's a long break. Uh, they're off until March 18th. Women's tennis was in action. Uh, Lady Eagles fell for the first time this season at Mississippi State Saturday, February 26th, losing one to four. The Lady Eagles claimed the doubles point but failed to win a single singles point. Uh, Monique Burton and Sarah Medic were the ones that won that doubles point, winning seven to five. And then Alyssa Richter and Ibru Zainab Yazgin beat the 39th ranked pair in the nation seven to six with a nine seven tiebreaker to seal the doubles point. Next up for the ladies tennis team, you got Thursday, March the 3rd versus Nichols in Hattiesburg. Uh, men's tennis was also in action. They lost one to six to Louisiana in Hattiesburg. That was Saturday, February 26th. The Cajuns are 11 and one on the season, though. So they just basically came in and, and steamrolled us. Um, excuse me, Louisiana Lafitte or whatever it is. <laughs> uh, Shamariel Shariel picked up the long point for the Eagles with a 3-6-6-3-6-4 win. Next up for the men's tennis team, Saturday, March the 5th at Troy, and then turn around Sunday, March the 6th at Alabama State. Uh, the men currently stand at 2-4 and four and 0-2 oh and in Conference USA play on the season. I don't think I said the women's tennis team record while I was talking about them. That loss to Mississippi State being their first loss dropped them to 6-1, and 1-0 one, one and oh in Conference USA play. Beach volleyball was in action. Ladies started their season at the Florida State Beach Bash uh, starting Saturday, February 26th. First, Tampa fell 0-5 to in the morning session. Then later that afternoon, fell 0-5 to to number 13, FAU. Sunday, the 27th, lost 1-4 to to North Florida, then fell 0-5 to to number 6, TCU. 
So the Lady Eagles, with those four losses in Florida State's tournament, start the season 0-4 and 0-1 and in Conference USA play. Next up, the Tiger Beach Challenge in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. Uh, that'll be this weekend starting Saturday, March the 5th at UAB at 10 o'clock, Tulane at 6 o'clock, and number 5 LSU at 8 o'clock that night. And then coming back on Sunday, March the 6th, to play Texas A&M Corpus Christi at noon and Texas A&M Kingsville at three. Uh, men's golf was off last week, did not play, but they will be in action this weekend. Sunday, March the 6th through Tuesday, March the 8th at the Duffner Tiger Invitational in Auburn, Alabama. Uh, track obviously was not in action. Uh, the ladies just won the indoor championship uh weekend before last but i did want to put it on everybody's record that uh next week the ncaa indoor championships will be march 11th and march 12th so we should have some eagles competing in that and uh that wraps up our eagle other sports for the week you guys have any shout outs I do. Uh, I wanted to give a couple shout outs. I, I, um, a, a listener, uh, came by the, um, <laughs> came by, I can't believe, I can't remember if it was Friday or Saturday. I think it was Saturday. Um, came by our spot out there in the roost. Um, Ed Smith from Madison, Mississippi stopped by. I introduced him to my wife and she called him Mr. Ed. And I thought it was the funniest thing I'd ever heard in my life. Uh, <laughs> For a little bit. She was like, I understand what his name is. Ed. I was like, yeah, but, you know. How many yeah, Coors Lights and Banquet oh. Beers were you in? It was, or, uh, it was, it was, it was towards the end of the game. But, no, Ed was cool. Uh, drank a beer with me. And um, uh, it, was, it was nice uh, for him to stop by. So I appreciate that. Um, I wanted to give another shout-out to Carson Pato and his first home run as a Golden Eagle. Also a shout-out. Uh, Reese Ewing also had a home run in that game. Uh, and the ball was picked up by Cooper's son, Jaden. And they took it uh, trying to find Reese after the game. They found him. Uh, he signed it. So that's really cool. It's re- really special moment for anybody, especially for a young kid who likes playing baseball, man. There's there's nothing better, honestly, than, than getting a, a baseball signed by, by one of the guys you look up to. So that was really cool. And speaking of guys that you look up to, another guy who made the rounds out in the roost was uh, former Golden Eagle coach Hill Denson. Um, saw him. He, he shook hands all the way down the line. I saw so, and uh, said hello to every single person. So uh, without Hill Denson, the Roos is probably not there. Um, so it's, it's nice to see him still coming out and supporting the team and uh, and seeing kind of what he started. And what sh- after shaking all you dirty bastards' hands out there in the Roos, hopefully he's all right. It's, uh, <laughs> we don't know where your hands have been. We can take some good guesses, but – if he went down the whole line, he 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 got some sketchy people in there. Well, I'm not going to name names to, right now. Yeah, plenty of what, alcohol to, to wash it away. What about uh, what about uh, current uh, head football coach Will Hall? Good to see him out there. Coach Will Hall is becoming a mainstay, I think, out in the right field roost. Um, I almost ran over him when he was crossing the. I didn't do it, but I, please <laughs> please don't do that. Yeah, yeah, that would be do it. That would be horrible. No, absolutely. I would have felt bad about that one. If well, you're in Harrington, and if you're from Maddysburg, and you you have you, coaches, you drive a Honda Accord. Now, I would have, I wouldn't, I wouldn't have had any qualms about running over a coach ten years ago, but now I wouldn't do it. Yeah, back back over. And back back up and run over again. Yeah, no, it was good to see Coach Hall. Hey, it was good to see. Uh, you know, it was good to hang out with you and and uh, Coop. Jay, yeah, dude, it's the first time kids. you've been out to the roost this year, man. Yeah, um, it was a good time, and and probably. It's been a while. It's know? been a minute. So, yeah. man, it was, it was good to see you back out there, man. Open invite. and uh, yeah, Absolutely. You know, get in where you fit in, bro. Yeah. Shane, what about you? Um, I don't necessarily have a shout-out per se, but uh, I, I do want to mention something to the Eagle Nation. Saw this afternoon, uh, former Golden Eagle offensive coordinator Blake Anderson, who's now the head coach at Utah State, uh, I'm, I'm sure a lot of Eagle fans have kept up with him. Uh, but you know, his wife, Wendy passed away from cancer a couple of years ago. Uh, they had been married for 27 years, had, had a few kids, but, um, saw this afternoon, uh, in a statement released by Utah state that, uh, coach Anderson's youngest son passed away. I, I don't have any information on it. I don't know what happened, but man, your heart just breaks for that guy. He's had an absolute brutal couple of years, 
Um, and, and I don't think anybody in Hattiesburg has anything but nice things to say about him. And, uh, I know a lot of people still keep up with what he's doing. So just wanted to put that out there, whether you're the thinking type, the good vibes type or the praying type, uh, do, do whatever you do and, and send some positive energy in, in Blake Anderson's way, because man, that's, uh, I just, I can't imagine what, what that guy's going through. Yeah. I remember him when he was here. I remember, I remember his son, you know, it's, uh, so sad. And, and, and two, while we're, you know, I guess relaying the bad news, uh, former Golden Eagle tight end Preston Hansford did pass away this week. Um, you know, he was in hospice, mm. uh, this, uh, you know, this time last week when we were on the show. So, um, you know, thinking we're thinking about him and his family as well. Um, I, I do have a shout out. I ran into a, a buddy of mine today. Uh, Will Miller grew up next to him. Big Golden Eagle fan uh, reminded me that the game was tomorrow night, not tonight, against Mississippi. Well, I think I reminded him. I don't know. We're buddies. Good to see him. <laughs> good to see him out there talking Southern Miss baseball while we're getting a lap around the neighborhood. So good to see him him, him and his wife, Andrea. Uh, let's go ahead and shut the show down right now before we have any uh, clarification on what was drank or drunk tonight. Uh, Shane, go right ahead. Do you have anything you want to share with the rest of us? Man, I'm I'm exhausted. Uh, Whitney Miracle and Justin Tracy and their six-month-old visited this weekend, and we did a lot of playing and a lot of entertaining young children and babies. And then my mom flew in at lunchtime today, so uh, it, I've, I would have completely just forgot about it and skipped over that tonight, to tell you the truth. Um, here, let's see what I drank. It's over here Granddad, beside bro. me. You're, you're getting fuzzy right now. I don't know if that's us or you. It's happened a few times. I don't know how drunk. I don't know how drunk you have Do to you be. You have like a breathalyzer on your for your for your computer camera to start work? fuzzing Something? out. Yeah. Fuzzy video or fuzzy sound? Fuzzy, fuzzy video. video. Oh well, video doesn't matter. Only you two idiots can see me. <laughs> no, um, but it kind of adds to the aura here. It's like oh, well, <clears throat> this webcam. If I lean in too much. Uh, it like refocuses and then sometimes it takes it a second. It's dark in here and whatever. I mean, that's what you get for buying a $25 webcam off of Amazon. Um, <laughs> but all right. So, uh, the, the first thump for the night, uh, our buddy Grant Ford over there, grateful soul. We're putting in a unpaid unsolicited plug for those guys. Cause Grant and Carmen make some of the best food in the hub city. Go see them. Uh, especially on, Oh, I'm gonna mess this up. Oh, uh, I think Wednesday is meatloaf day and Thursday is fried chicken day. I may have mixed those two Ooh. back around. It doesn't matter fried which one day. you go for, but meatloaf Friday died. is catfish day. What? Well, yeah. Um, I don't know anything about their meatloaf's COVID status uh, or his <laughs> thoughts on vaccines. Not so important because it's some of the best damn meatloaf you'll ever eat in your life. But go in there. Grant and Carmen are phenomenal people. Big Golden Eagle supporters, both Golden Eagle alumni. Go see them, eat some delicious food, get addicted. Hey, and, and yeah. also, how big of Hattiesburg people are they? Do you know their son's name? Yeah. Hardy. Hardy. Captain Hardy. Right. Yeah, he's an adorable little kid, too. I mm-hmm. actually saw some pictures of Hardy pop up today. Uh, but, yeah, uh, Grant and Carmen are fantastic people, great Golden Eagles. And, and uh, if you don't know about them down there downtown, some of the best food in the city, go check them out. But uh, Grant had shot me a message earlier asking about a, uh, a bourbon and what I thought about it, and I hadn't had it in a little while. So I was like, you know what? I'm about to have some pours here in a little bit. That'll be the one I start off with. I'll shoot you a message and let you know. Uh, David Nicholson Reserve is a, a Luxro Luxco company. That's there's yeah we, we've talked about this uh, uh, before. How companies just have names and labels and they don't really make the whiskey. They just bottle it from somebody else like MGP in Indiana. Um, this Luxro now makes their own stuff, but for a while they were they were sourcing the David Nicholson Reserve is a higher rye bourbon. Uh, all three that I drank tonight came in at 100 even proof, so I kind of kept it along those lines. But uh, Grant, it, it's good. It's it's oaky. It's got a little spice to it from the rye. It's a little thin, uh, but I, I'm not mad at it. It's got good flavor, 100 proof. It should be $40 a bottle or under. It's not a bad buy. And so I kind of wanted to keep it along the more affordable bourbon lines. And the next one are kind of in that $20, $25 range with uh, two Jim Beam products and Old Granddad Bonded. An old tub, uh, old tubs, uh, unfiltered, hundred proof 
uh, whiskey from Jim Beam. Both of them are, are really solid. If you see them on the shelf and you're looking for something to drink, you don't always have to go super expensive to get something that tastes good. Uh, like I said, the most expensive of these was $40 for the David Nicholson Reserve, and the other two should be no more than 25 uh, so you don't have to be all uppity and looking for nothing but fancy hype bourbon. Just drink stuff that tastes good. All right. That's a great commercial for all that. So $40 a bottle. That's like in my price range. Yeah. Well, and the other two were cheaper than that. So even better. Two for one. Yeah. Well, thank you guys so much for listening. Hope you enjoyed it. And as always, Southern Miss to the top. Talk. I could play for Alabama, USC, or Notre Dame. You have lots of things to offer, but Southern Mississippi puts you all shame. I was born here in Hattiesburg, never ventured far away. When it comes to playing football, here in Eagle Heaven is where I'm gonna stay. I could play for North Carolina, Ohio State, RLSU. You play a good game of football, but Southern Mississippi is a whole lot better than you. season is over and done. The fans here in Hattiesburg will be proud of what we've done. I could play for the Georgia Bulldogs, Florida State, or Tennessee. But I chose Southern Mississippi. And right here at home is where I'll always be. I could play for Alabama, USC, our Notre Dame, you have lots of things to offer, but Southern Mississippi puts you all to shame. I could play for North Carolina, Ohio State, or LSU. You play a good game of football, but Southern Mississippi is a whole lot better than you. season is over and done all your teams with famous names will see we're number one ask mississippi state ask mississippi state call katie case bailey with dunbar real estate for all of your real estate needs katie case bailey realtor extraordinaire something to show something to list something to sell call today at 601-408-9980 